This is Fandom Buzz. Today's episode is the Babysitter's Club, Dystopian Streamies, the Guildhunter series, and Magic the Gathering. Hope you enjoy! Hey, hey everyone! Welcome to episode 20 of Fandom Buzz. That's Can you right. We made it all the way to episode I, 20. I, I can't really. I mean, this has been the most consistent we've ever done anything together since uh, the, the, book, channel? The, the channel. Yeah, uh, but since this is uh, infinitely more cathartic because of all of the spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, so, yeah, so welcome to, the, to what passes for the break room of Alexa Loves Books. This is where all of the feelings come out unfiltered well you know some filters right but uh, but in full in all of its full regalia i want to say for those of you who've been following us as we have come back to podcasting thank you uh, it is just as encouraging uh, for us to hear that you guys are listening uh, as it is uh i suppose for from your feedback that you know it, it's really sort of nice to sort of hear so whether you're commuting whether um because you know some of us have to go back to work now yep and that's not you know fun right uh, especially because, well, it's, it's, of course, for some of us, it's not really great staying at home either. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, everybody's just got to deal with some stuff. So, uh, on that note, on that note, we've got a, we've got a fun show. This is part three of our catch up tour. Yes, we're still catching say. up. So much has happened in the last few months since we, uh, a couple of months that we stopped podcasting. Mm-hmm. But, uh, now is a great time to sort of get caught up. So, yes, why don't we, uh, kick things off and start with a little bit of bookish buzz? Bookish buzz. Bookish Alrighty, so uh, what is going on, Lex? Well, first, the month of October, before anything else, I'm going to mention that it is Filipino American History Month. Oh, is it? So if you have any Filipino authors on your TBR, if you've got any Filipino American author books on your TBR, definitely make a priority to read them this month. And yes, it is. This was made official in, I think, like 1991. Oh, wow, that is... But pretty cool. So I thought I would mention that. And then I had a bunch of cover reveals. There were cover reveals. So first, we're going to talk about A Court of Silver Flames by Sarah J. Maas. The cover came out. It matches the new repackaged editions of the Akatar series. So it is now being sold as adult fantasy. I am not the biggest fan of this cover, I will admit. I do think that the artwork and like the job that the artist has done is incredible. It's a lot of detailed line work. But in terms of how I feel about it representing the series when I have such a clear picture in my mind, not quite it. But uh, yeah, there's a, there's been a lot of talk about that. Everyone should be more respectful, though, I'm just saying. And speaking of cover reveals, we also have one for the new Emily Wibberley and Austin Seedwin Broca book that comes out next year. It's purple, which I was Ooh. an advocate for this entire time. So like I'm happy purple. about that. It's called What's, What's Not to Love. And it's basically got two people on the cover and they're standing in front of these bookshelves with like pastel colored books in the background. And it's so cute. And then we have the cover for Broken Web by Laurie M. Lee, which is the sequel to Forest of Souls, which I read and really enjoyed earlier this year. Charlie Bowater is still the artist who has done the artwork for the cover looks amazing and creepy. Here for it. <laughs> and last but not least, the Graceling series is getting this, oh, yeah. these beautifully oh, done yeah. repackaged covers for the first three. So that's Graceling, Fire, and Bitter Blue. And then there's going to be a new book called Winter Keep, which has the best cover so far of the, of the new repackaging. There is also some movie news. So first, Jennifer E. Smith's book, uh, Hello, Goodbye, and Everything in Between is getting adapted. And I'm so excited because that's one of my favorite stories from her. It's about two teens who are in a romantic relationship. And it's basically, I think it's either the night after their graduation or the summer after they graduate. And they're trying to decide whether to stay together or to break up when they leave for their respective colleges. Very cool. One more exciting thing you need to know about it is that Jordan Fisher is attached to the project, and I love Jordan Fisher. Remind so. us again, and by us, I mean me, who Jordan Fisher is. Well, he's been in a few things. One of his most recent was that he played Mark in that Rent live. Oh, hey! Okay, Mark. Okay, that was cool. I that was that a one. fun like, live adaptation. Yeah, that was great. That was great. Uh, he was also in the second to all the boys movie. He was the other love interest. Oh. Love him. 
Loved okay. him. Okay, did ringing a, did more bells. Did a stint bells. on like Dancing with the Stars. Played Evan Hansen in Dear Evan Hansen for a while on oh, Broadway. Hey. So, you know, right. that, he that did, he did quite a role. few things. Uh, and I love him, so I'm excited about that. And cool. my last piece of movie adaptation news is that The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by B.E. Schwab is, is actually getting a film adaptation. Oh, and Victoria hello. is the one who is writing the script for it. Hello. Or actually, she has written the script for it. And I'm so excited about that because I really love that book and that story. So yeah, very exciting film news. Cannot wait for all of this stuff. I'll see your film news and I'll I'll raise you uh, Roald Dahl's The Witches with oh, Anne yes. Hathaway as the Grand High Witch. Now I <laughs> have been obs- I was obsessed as a child with The Witches, and I'm talking about like the I want to say 80s 90s version of it with 90s, Angelica Houston. I, say, I think. And it was a pretty oh, it was such a crazy cast, uh, and it was such a wild ride and terrifying as a child. I mean, you've got. You know, I don't know how... And that was dark. That, that, the Witches was super, super dark. Mm. I don't know how dark this is going to be because it feels very fun, kid-friendly. Not that it... But not any less awesome, I want to say. Yeah. Uh, you know, Chris Rock is narrating. Um, uh, Octavia. Yeah, Octavia Spencer is, is grandma, which... Heck yeah. I, you know what? I am... I, for that alone, I will be excited but but uh, we but we have another devil was prada alum uh and it is uh, stanley tucci as the uh hotel manager and in my head that's just really great so i'm i'm not and it's coming out it's streaming on october, october 22 yeah i am not holding my breath to see if they're gonna stick to the darkness of it like i remember um i feel like i'll just be entertaining uh, there was that one little girl named erica or something like that that was grandma's like you know uh story or cautionary tale in the past where she was locked in her painting and just kept getting older and then she faded away in the painting and to make it creepier in that first movie um randomly uh the witches are in you know in the present day are in the like that hotel um i don't know if it was the grand high witch or uh, or, or whoever but she reaches over to a painting taps it for a couple of moments because there's a child in the painting and then the camera pans back after like a, uh, a, a spell literally and then the child disappears. And I'm like, oh my God, did she just kill that kid in the... Oh, I can't, I can't. It's just, it's so nuts. So um, so I don't know if they're going to keep it keep it that dark. I am not holding my breath. If they do, kudos to uh, anybody who ever uh, thought that would have been a good idea. But uh, yeah, not holding my breath. But- ooh, ooh, speaking of things that are dropping, can I just say that the Bridgerton... Well, some of the Bridgerton cast and the author, they've all been go. dropping the news that it's going to it's gonna get released before the end of 2020, and I am, like, ready. I'm Hello. here for it. Actually, I don't know if I'm actually ready for it. I just want to... <laughs> I just... I'm so excited about it because I... That's one of the first historical romance series I loved, and it's family-centered, so I cannot wait. And I love the cast already so much, and I cannot wait to see them bring these characters to life. So very exciting if you're a Bridgerton fan. Indeed, very exciting. Uh, well, moving on a little bit away from, from TV, uh, I do have a couple of other things that uh, I wanted to sort of bring up. So um, Ready Player Two is dropping November 24th. Oh my so gosh, November coming... 24th already? Yeah, it's coming pretty soon. I'm pretty excited about that, to I'm be a, honest. I'm, I'm because... interested. Um, well, I'm cautiously we'll... <laughs> interested. <laughs> well, sequels, right? What What are you gonna do? Um, but uh, but I am, but I, but I like, yeah, it's, I pre-ordered it. It's gonna be fun. Um, we'll find out. And uh, but dropping. Uh, so this podcast is coming out um today. It's which is a Monday, right? Tomorrow, October the sixth, is the Trials of Apollo and the Animorphs graphic novel. Ah. Uh, Trials of Apollo five and the Animorphs graphic novel volume one is is coming out, and I am psyched. Uh, mostly for the Animorphs, for Apollo, it's just a lot of guilt, and I've, you know you've seen you see some of these booktubers and they have like you know shelves of shame or whatever you call them. <laughs> I have one, and mm. um, it's very shameful. I haven't I haven't touched it, but um, so it's just reminding me of here's all of the Trial of Apollo books you have not read. Oh wait, that's all of them with the exception. Same of, though. I mean, and I can't even say I've read the first one anymore that's because not true. I've I, actually read the first one. So yeah, but I don't remember a thing that happened oh, except for except for the fact that things. it's Lester. And I just Lester. go Lester, 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 Lester Papadillas. That's still accurate, though. Which is <laughs> just that's who he gets reborn as. But in any case, so there's that. Alrighty. Um. Okay. So that sort of rounds up today's. Uh. You know. Well. You know. The, the edition of Bookish Buzz. Yeah. It's a sort of a what we like to what we're looking forward to. What we're sort of getting into. What we're hoping to get our grubby little mitts on. Uh, grubby mostly. little mitts on. Mm, accurate. <laughs> Once again, my vernacular spans. Uh. Uh, decades. Generations. Generation. 
I like that. I like that so much better. Generations. Ye old uh generations. Ye old generational um colloquialisms. All right, cool. Uh well it's time to move on to uh our next segment, so we are on a, a shortened, uh, kind of pared down uh, con- configuration, just four segments, as, as we always... Uh, our four main uh, segments. Our four main segments, as we now always shall, until further notice to go. Uh, and uh, it's uh, Full Stream Ahead. Full Stream Ahead. All right, Full Stream Ahead, where we talk about everything that we're streaming, uh, we're whether it's so books. so behind sharing on these things, You can guys. stream books, uh, and I will, t- yes, I will, will talk a little bit about that. Uh, you can stream, uh, obviously, music, music. Uh, you know, videos, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to start real quick. I just want to give a shout out because I am right in the thick of it. Uh, I am uh, in the middle of the Sandman audio. Oh, I can't wait it to listen to that. It is spectacular. I mean, okay, first of all, narrated by Neil Gaiman himself, right? Uh, which is, I think is just already spe- just magnificent. Second of all, it's it's got a cast of really great voice actors. All I think about it period. Like <laughs> let's let's not even well yeah let, without even going to the sort of like the top billing A list, uh you know um, actors that they sort of you know that we we recognize from from movies and TV. Um, everybody on this audio is just so on point. Like and it covers I, the whole story, right? And it co- as far as I, th- I think it, it covers like uh, well we'll see. I haven't I haven't. Um, that's the thing about me and, and some books that I and series that I like. I don't read the blurbs. I just like surprise me. What is in That's you know? Fine. What am I? But in you for? have read the whole thing, correct? I believe I have. It's a long time ago. I think it was in college, probably. Um, and 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 I I specifically stuck to the latter bits of uh, of the of the Sandman saga. Interesting. Uh, where um, where 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 everything sort of like that this happened so far comes to a head. And a, a, a more narrative through line around well, what is the you know what shall be the end fate of the of, of the Dream King? Mm. Um, so that was that was my bit. So to, to to review his earlier you know like not the, his earlier days, but the earlier um, uh, I want to say issues mm-hmm. that have been released is just such a wild ride, and it's such a great setup. And I really feel like if the Netflix adaptation is even half as good as mm-hmm. as the Audible sort of like the audio um uh, audiobook my goodness I, I think we're in for everyone's in for for a real treat because the, the thought-provoking nigh insanity of of Gaiman's writing is crisp to this day I want to say and um it, it makes you think <laughs> it's so good so there's that there's that um but on a in, in stark violent contrast <laughs> Stark Valley in contrast. Speaking of uh, you know adaptations, adaptations um, Alexa we watched, and I we watched the Babysitters Club when it dropped like months ago. Months I think ago, it was so, in July, and, and I think now is a good time to like talk about it. I mean, it's percolated for a while. Yes. So and let's it was get down so to it. So good. So the series actually takes its plots from the first ten books. I want to say it's ten episodes. So Interesting. The first 10 books. And it's so delightful. I just, it's so nice seeing a fresh take on these characters while keeping the heart and core of them so you get to meet the the very basic formation of the babysitters club which is christy claudia marianne and stacy and then eventually don will show up as well in the story and it's just so good like in a lot of ways they kept the heart of the stories like i was saying they kept the same plots they kept sort of the same like there were family issues, there were friendship issues, there were all of these things, but they also modernized a lot of it, and I think that's great. They definitely played around with the races of the characters because in the books, those five characters are are very specific in their race. They're all white except for Claudia, who is right. Japanese-American. And in the adaptation, they've made, let's see, they've made Don Latina, Latina I think, yeah. and then they've made Marianne black. Yeah. And then Christy and Stacey are still white, uh, Claudia is still Japanese American, which is so. It's just it's just so good. It was so delightful. Like, I love that the first episode immediately both was like, "Ooh, this is refreshing," but also made me feel nostalgic, even though I'd never seen the show before. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it was it was it was just weird. Like, I love the Babysitters Club growing up. That's why I'm so like I was so nervous about this adaptation, but it was so good. And I we basically binge watched the entire thing, which. If you guys have been listening long enough, you know that's a rarity for me because I don't binge watch that is true. things that are not anime. <laughs> that is, yeah. And, and like for, sounds a hard time reason, with live action. With the Babysitter's Club, I was just like, nope, gotta keep going. Gotta well, keep it was going. kind of riveting, right? I mean, yeah. the, the interesting thing with me is I will sit through anything terrifying or scary or like suspense filled, 
But if it's like emotional stuff, oh my gosh, where, it was such an emotional roller coaster. It you know, felt like, so real. Where, where there's Everything terrible confrontations. Like I, I can handle like you know sad things, but I cannot handle confrontation. There was so I, much of that. I like leave the room, like like the way yeah, my he deserted me. like the way my mother would leave if like an action sequence is playing out and like you know killers are being are on the trail of the good guy or whatever there so i i just couldn't like i'm not sticking around but it was so good i really really i really want them to do a season two because there's just so much more i would be surprised if they didn't yeah there's just so much and they better do it quickly because the girls are growing up (laughs) i know anyway i mean they were i think they were aged no they're they're aged correctly yeah right? like actually not, that's like actually the babysitters club weren't things. like little little kids they were no they were exactly they were the exactly age they like 13 14 14 15 actually 14 15 yeah. oh that's right of course duck because you know like little yeah. kids can't so it, it was such as john good... mulaney says that's like getting a horse to take care of your dog <laughs> <laughs> it was a great adaptation highly recommend it it was just so on point with all the feelings, the fashion. I get story. the it I get the delightful. hype about Claudia Kishi though. Um, Freaking love Claudia and, Kishi. And okay. and the and the and the actress that they got to play Claudia was spectacular. Mm-hmm. I want to say still uh, love definitely. Marianne a lot too. Well, yeah, yeah, that's sort of our gem, isn't it? Um, but no, but it's just the acting was great. Yeah, everyone. Oh, oh and the adult cast was great too. Uh, can we just shout out Alicia Silverstone as Christie's mom? As mom. So I good. mean. Uh, the, 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 so unexpectedly good. That is true. I mean, I, I, you and Alicia Silverstone plays like a modern mom so well. Yes. Like she doesn't like you know she's not like a fuddy duddy type you know like I'm kind of disconnected. I mean, you, there there's some things that you, like shows her age, meaning yes, yes. her maturity. Not mm-hmm. so much like I'm so disconnected from. Oh, no, yeah, she's. Yeah. 100% a person. She has her own life. She has her own thoughts. She has her own opinions. Which I really like, actually. Um, And she's a real person. Like, she's not a cardboard cutout mom mm-hmm. that you usually find on All stuff like this, right? All the parents actually felt like that. Um, yeah, so it was it was great. Like, to, to have all of these parents be real, just as oh, real as, as their, their children. Shout out to uh, the, the lady who plays Claudia's grandma, though. Oh, man. Mimi. Mimi. Still the best. Mimi, still the best. Mimi. Well, uh, Mimi knocked it out. Like, I felt like there was this I one... I love her. I want a Mimi. I want... <laughs> It's true. We like I I have no living grandmothers. Um, although I have a lot of moms that are grandmothers now, uh, <laughs> by no off clear fault of my own, obviously. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, everybody needs a Mimi. Everyone, I think so too. Everyone needs a Mimi. Anyway, moving on. Maki has a bunch of things. He I'm needs gonna do to, uh, talk and, about. and I'm gonna I'm gonna call it the curse of the speed round because every time I say it's a speed round, I end up like talking a little bit more. But we we don't we'll see if the curse. We'll see. Lives we'll today. see how it holds up this time. I have some. I want to say four dystopian um TV, uh, you know um uh, series um uh, small screen series uh that that i that i've been following and you know have, have been really really awesome so we'll just go through them really really quick i want to first shout out to actual tv for the uh, for the motherland fort salem which is a dystopian future where in uh the united states won its independence with the help of witches and the witch that sort of helped george washington with that uh, thing is still alive She's kept alive by a bunch of old biddies who sort of trans translate their life essence into her. She's been around for like hundreds of years, man. Ah. And so, and and every and every girl that is born a witch, because uh, it's you know obviously hereditary, uh, c- can choose to be conscripted into the army, and it's just like and and it harkens a lot to today's sort of modern kind of. You could get killed on the front lines, and it's a terrible thing to enlist, but also a great privilege, and you know. And it's so it takes all of the heraldry of of joining the army, mm-hmm. all of the good, which is your patriotism. You've got your love for you know protecting others. You have your skill for protecting others. You have, you know, just the privilege of serving your nation and 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 the and the, and the, and the heroism that comes with it. Great, but then you also have the casualties and the terrible. And so that's that. But with magic, so go figure. I was in in that. Um, it was wild. It's such a wild thing. It take just take everything. Take all of the military heraldry. And marry it quite nicely to all of the witchcraft heraldry. Mm. So the exchange of energies through like, you know, ley lines and sexuality and, and you know, bloodlines and power. Uh, and then you've got politics. It's just, it's the wildest, craziest sort of ride. I think it might have been based on a book. I'm not too sure. Um, but uh, it is definitely something I recommend to anybody who wants something fresh is a good word I want to use. Um, it's it's a center around like three girls who become part of like a like a unit. One of them is, uh, you know, 
chose to enlist, even if her mother tried to pull strings mm-hmm. where she didn't, you know, have she didn't to. have to. The other one, uh, her mother had died in combat, and she comes from like a really sort of like poor uh, state, um, and you know she's learned a lot of like hedge witchery, but is actually super powerful. And then you've got your pedigree. Your I'm the alpha queen of the lot, and I come from a long distinguished line of blah blah, and how I. Um, how am I stuck with these like you know shit birds quote unquote is what she calls some of them and it's terrible it's terrible and um and and they and, and it's not charmed I gotta tell it's not oh we're gonna be sisters forever and we're gonna love each other I don't think that's that's not how they I mean they get there but that's not the traditional way this is like combat and blood and and orders and and defying orders and you know a conspiracy and old enemies it's just so wild it's just it's like they took a lot of my favorite tropes from different things and put it all in a blender and gave me like the weirdest tastiest strangest smoothie you you could ever chug and yet and yet i want to see season two all right moving on to carnival row uh, which is a dystopian medieval-esque not medieval but it's kind of like 18th century sort of london where uh fairies and the land of fairy was uh besieged and the non well, and the humans helped and lost that war and now there's a black market of uh, and, a, and a small but steady exodus of fey folk exiting out of the fey lands into like like you know whatever passes for modern day london in the 1800s issues so it's got all of the think of all of the victorian sort of class systems and the you know pleasantries but then with fairies and fairies as uh sort of second class citizens uh and then add the fact that there's some crazy like magic weird stuff that's going on so um cara delavine stars yeah. uh with orlando bloom and um it, it it's it's a, it starts off with a murder mystery so it's like you know noir fairy uh dystopia with it you know uh, minus the steampunk if it were steampunk <laughs> so um super wild uh it ended on a really crazy note uh i i'm also invested in seeing what happens next uh moving on westworld oh my goodness westworld what can i say i finally binged and caught up i can only say one thing evan rachel wood is a revelation in that entire thing to be able to play a sentient machine uh, intelligence uh first initially programmed to fulfill the pleasure of and fantasy of any uh patron or whatever that comes to westworld uh but has survived decades Mm. and has returned to her core programming and sort of almost kind of like dollhouse has become self-aware uh it's a trip really um i i it's i i can spend an entire thing on westworld but i I, i'll just say that if you want some really great acting uh this is it this is 100 tessa thompson is in this thing and she the way as an actress the roles that she's had to play just because of the nature of the narrative of are you a copy of this person are you the real person what's going on I, brilliant brilliant stuff so um 100 dystopian probably the most disturbing of everything that i've watched so far uh and i watched carnival row row um so so that's that um so yeah watch it pretty cool for those of you who don't know what westworld is it's pretty much like a theme park and everybody is an artificial intelligence even the animals and uh you get to do anything you want in westworld uh but then at the core of it some of the you know hosts is what they're called start coming alive and so um a revolution begins so it's basically like the ai apocalypse basically so that's kind of cool lastly shout out to umbrella academy ah Umbrella Academy is a story about a bunch of siblings who were adopted. Uh, all of them had some kind of superpower or whatever it was, and they were adopted and they were trained to be superheroes. But wasn't it their birthday? I think it's October first. No? Something, something thereabouts. Uh, the point... Do you like how I know this because my entire feed watches Umbrella? Yeah. Academy? <laughs> well, yeah, right. And so, and so, season two, I finally finished it. What was great about season two that maybe not a lot of people sort of enjoyed, but I 100% enjoyed season two more than I enjoyed season one, is they really focused on the sibling relationships. Which is always a good thing. Which to me, as a character-driven sort of person, that's what I loved about Umbrella Cat. I didn't think I would get. Season one was driven by uh, just everyone's, you know, kind of like sort of internal journeys 
and you know tr- grappling with dystopia with their own dystopic sort of lives mm-hmm. uh coming to a head that's really what the, the plot of season uh one was about but what happened after the end of season one season two everybody's just trying to find each other and they do and it's great and it's all the interactions any time any two siblings are in the room fun ensues when you add a third sibling it just gets better and better so um that was great i think it's wonderful and uh i highly recommend if you love character driven um shenanigans the cast is really good too oh the cast oh my god the cast is amazing ellen page was is to me my favorite character still and i really really love uh, vanya um, I love what they've done with her. <laughs> I, I I love what everyone else has done with sort of all of their characters. Yeah, so, I think um, they're great. They really inhabit those character. Oh God, it's so and and you can sense. And, and here's, this is coming from someone who hasn't even watched the whole thing, just bits and pieces. Well, I'll I'll, I'll end it with this before we go. We seg over to your uh, particular bits, right? My mini shout. Your little shout outs. I I will end it with this. It's so rare that you can have a cast of characters that have real non-love like non-romantic chemistry yes 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 like platonic or sibling yeah because 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 romantic chemistry kind of is you know with the exception of probably 50 shades of gray uh easier to manufacture you know what i mean like it's kind of because you know when people just don't like each other okay perfect example of a cast of characters that have non non non-romantic feelings for each other regardless of how they felt in real life charmed og charmed Every single scene that Sh- Shannon Doherty and Lisa Milano were in, you could feel that Prue and Phoebe had this tension, but so much love for each other. Mm. And those were real tears in character. In real life, holy crap. It's just not, you know what I mean? It's just, it, it doesn't work, right? Um, uh, in, in real life, but but that's great. Umbrella Academy has that rare gene, that, that you know, spark. Like, uh, ooh, like the cast of Someone Great. Oh yes, yes. That, that Netflix movie with um uh shoot Jane the Virgin, <laughs> um and Gina that girl Rodriguez. Gina Rodriguez. Thank you, Gina Rodriguez, and then Brittany Snow, I think. Yes, uh, I don't remember the name of the other girl. Dewan Dewice, I think, is, is is and love her. She's the one I relate to the most. Um, such amazing, amazing chemistry, mm-hmm. and you can, and that jumps out uh, off of the screen, and that's how the 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 um the, the Umbrella Academy kids, well, siblings. Uh, I was like, they're know. not all kids, though. Well, you know, <laughs> one of them is an enormous child. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Guess which one? Anyway, um, so yeah, uh, depends on the day. Depends on the day. That is true. That is one hundred percent true. And aren't we all children, really, uh, in the eyes of the maker? All right. So, um, uh, th- that ends my uh, little t- seek. Of course, the speed round. Uh, <laughs> Lex, what well, have you got? Screaming here's me hard. Being a speed round person, because I can actually do it. <laughs> so, music sure. wise, I don't listen to a lot of new music. That's not my tendency. I'll always go back to my favorites and like listen to their new stuff and usually love it. So, James Bay, at some point during this quarantine, released a single called Chew in My Heart, and it is incredible. Ooh, that is great. I spent two weeks listening to that nonstop on repeat probably drove everyone in our apartment crazy not me i like that song (laughs) i love that song and i am impatiently waiting for him to release two other songs that he debuted in like this live show that he did on youtube which is amazing by the way james bay is doing a live from the shakespeare globe concert on october 21st and i'm so flipping excited for that but yes i am waiting for new stuff from him and then, of course, we're going to talk about Taylor Swift dropping an album this year. Oh, hell She dropped an album called Folklore in July, and it is so good. I'm always impressed by the fact that she jumps genres and sounds like this and still manages to hold on to her storytelling sensibilities with That's just called talent, I think. She's so I think talented. Just, uh... And like every time I listen to Folklore, I'm impressed all over again. I love mo- some songs more than others, and overall, it's still not my favorite of her albums, but it is so genuinely good that i am just like girl this is the sound of my autumn you got it uh, my favorite that is true yeah. folklore is such an autumn it's such an it, autumn it, it it's is, like autumn it, it or rainy day fall, sound like it's just got that vibe fall vibe. i really enjoy listening to it uh, as a cohesive whole but my favorite tracks are mirrorball invisible string uh my tears ricochet for some reason is one that resonates really well with me and the one so highly recommend checking out her album if you haven't already also shout out to selena gomez she did a <laughs> collaboration with the k-pop group blackpink and it's a song oh, called yeah. ice cream it's great 
the Gaga, the Gaga and Blackpink one was. Oh yeah, that's on her album. So Lady Gaga also had an album this year. I don't think we've even talked about that yet either. But she also released an album this year called Chromatica, which I also love. I'm a Lady Gaga fan. In case you were wondering, love that Same. album. Uh, first of all, she does a collab with Ariana Grande called Rain On Me that is incredible. Also fire. Such a bop. Uh, but on the album, she she too has a collab with Blackpink called Sour Candy, which I love as well. So, so Blackpink's just all over the place. Yeah, they're, they're releasing days. their own album this which year too, great. which is pretty exciting. So yeah, lots of good new music stuff happening this year, which is pretty great. Indeedy do. Alrighty, in which case we now uh, transition over to... The only reason we probably wanted to podcast in the first place, uh, it is a game, the one game that we like to play, that we always play, uh, called Shipwreck or Ahoy. Shipwreck or Ahoy. Shipwreck or Ahoy, where we talk about uh, the ships that we believe should have sailed, are sailing, mm-hmm. Uh, ships on a ship, ships that have a ship. Kaz Brecker in an edge, I'm looking at you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because Alexa and I are shipper trash. And, sure. uh, I think you and, should And we first. feel very strongly. feel very strongly. Yes. I am going to preempt my featured fandom by talking about the ship. So am I, actually. That's why I think Interesting. Very nice, very nice. So, um, so, uh, so we've been playing Magic the Gathering. Yes. And uh, one of the newfangled things that, because I used to play Magic Gathering when I was like when it came out like 90 in the, in the 90s good gracious and um somebody stole my cards the first set so of cards sad. that i ever bought it was terrible uh but you know it was it was a it was it was a it was simpler times then you put a 4-4 angel down and that's pretty much the end game for everything uh today that then like they no. know no, <laughs> that's not how that works but um especially because we play chaos but back in the but back back then and even now planeswalkers were a big deal and planeswalkers are sort of like super like powered individuals that can travel the multiverse and Mm -hmm. and have like a little bit more power than others. Now, um, in the game that we have, there is a guild called, we'll call them the Orzov syndicate for lack of a better thing. And, uh, one of the guild leaders that was slated to take over, but just was usurped, uh, towards the end of her sort of time is, is a, is a lady named Tessa Karlov. Now, Tessa, I have followed her story from the first Ravnica book cycle. And then as it sort of progressed and she's got some pretty cool powers, like, you know, on, on, on the board, like there's some really cool things, but then it's been a newfangled thing to partner, uh, you know, like your deck, whatever magic deck you with a planeswalker right yes, and yes. and and the orzov syndicate is traditionally a uh white mana and black mana kind of you know um outfit mm. so you're gonna want a white black uh planeswalker to go along with it and who do i find if not a this terrible like he's a jackass by the way his name's soren markov and soren is from innistrad he is millennia old he's a vampire uh, but there are a ton of vampires in the orzov anyway and so suddenly headcanon pops up where here's this aspiring guild leader that was usurped for her for the for her rightful birthright as the leader of the entire guild which extorts people and takes people's debts and even after they die uh, i'm talking about alexa's actual <laughs> deck here and then here here comes this planeswalking vampire who seems to jive and understand what this is and, and they form an alliance and it becomes it's almost kind of like this weird semi-torrid uh, love-hate kind of uh, business with a side of pleasure only at first, but suddenly people catch feelings kind of story. Suddenly people catch feelings. <laughs> and that's the th- and that's why that's that's why that's the trope that I feel is because Tessa is gonna want to you know gain control of the Orzov one day, and Soren's just passing by. You know nobody knows what Soren wants to do, but this is the one lady that's gonna make him stay. <laughs> Or some crap like that. In real life, Soren's, I mean, you know, outside of my head canon, Soren's kind of a jackass, like, as a person. And most vampire, And what vampire really isn't at the core um, that doesn't sparkle. So, on that note, on, you know, because they, they were actually nice ones um, uh, in that particular world. Carlisle, I'm looking at you. That's that's the only thing. Oh, Carlisle. Right? Like, you can say whatever you want about the Twilight series. No one can say one bad thing about Carlisle Cullen. He's like the Mr. Rogers of vampires. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Would not have put that together, but But okay. think about it. Like, you can, you can say anything you want about Stephanie Meyer. Uh, no, no, Stephanie Meyer, right? Stephanie Meyer and, and, and Edward and Bella and, and everybody and, else. And everybody else. You can say, and, and they have been said. I cannot find a single person who's like, Carlisle. They're not going to say that. So um, that's out. <laughs> Consequently, 
Carlisle and um, uh, Esme are kind of a kind of like the best mom and dad vampires. <laughs> they're my sh- they're kind of like my ship on that entire like thing too. Okay. Though, if, if you know, come to think of it, and uh, <laughs> and needless to say, that one's obviously sailing. Let's see, if, you know, and then and then Soren and, and and Tessa. I don't think they even met, but but they're but they're on. They but, met in your heart. But they're <laughs> they met in your deck. <laughs> that's true and they're working very hard to extort people to death it's just wonderful it's great well i'm also actually preempting my featured fandom for this week because all of the ships that i'm going to talk about are in the guild hunter series by nelly here Yusei. we go so this is <gasps> consequently like, also this is vampires like, yes vampires and angels and angels this is full-on spoilery because obviously this is a romance series so a lot of these couples get together during the course of the series so the main couple that you end up following is the guild hunter elena and her archangel Raphael. so they're like the biggest they're the main ship basically and of course they're sailing because obviously why would i say they were the main couple if they weren't sailing so it's been <laughs> hey you never it's know it's been 12 books and they're still together going strong books. so My God. all good yeah and then, aside from them, we have one of Raphael's closest allies, his second in command, basically, who is a vampire named Dimitri, and his wife, Honor, who is a vampire as well. They're great, so there's that. And then there is one, uh, Raphael's spy master, Jason, and his, his like, I don't know if they're married, actually. I think they're just together. Uh, an, an, another angel named Mahia, so they're together. I could just go down this entire list. Hmm. And then there's... Nasser, who's kind of a unique being in this angel angelic vampiric world he's together with a an angel named andy then you have a vampire named venom who is together with another sort of unique being in this world named holly and then who am i forgetting there's galen and jessamy there's a lot of people who are together in this series oh ashwini and jadvier so many people my goodness uh there is a ship that does not actually exist. They're friends. Like, they're, they've known each other since they were tiny baby angels. And I just, I love their friendship so much. And I will also be happy if they just stay friends. But I would not be upset if they somehow realized that they had deeper running feelings for each other. Uh. And this is my favorite of sort of the Archangel Raphael's, like, seven. Like, his most trusted seven people. Uh, they're both in the seven, actually. So my favorite is Ilium. He's basically a blue-wing, daredevil, reckless, kind of young angel. And his best friend, Adon, who is also a very unique angel. And I just, I love their friendship so much. And I think it would be great if they, you know, s- somehow developed feelings for one another. I mean, they might already have them. They might just not know it because that's how these things go. But yeah, so I'm definitely preempting what i'm going to talk about next but suffice to say it's been very satisfying watching all these people get together just so nice makes me feel so warm and fuzzy on the inside you know especially in a time when everything is kind of wild around us Uh, it's just nice to see all these um very they have to go through a lot of hard things to get to their happily ever afters but they do get there or actually more like happily for now because a lot of crazy stuff is going on in their world too so of course you know but yeah that's uh that, that that's my ship contribution for this week although i will say keith and sophie still on my mind (laughs) every time shandon messenger talks about the upcoming book unlocked i'm just like reminded of how like intensely i feel about keith and sophie being a pair i'm just saying i know and but then again elves live long lives so you know and we're gonna take your time and we're gonna and we're gonna break that down uh, in the next couple of weeks in the next couple of weeks so after this i believe we're gonna have a nice little back-to-back edition of um not quite yet uh, i think we're saving the breakdown for keeper when the new book comes out so that we could do it together that's right you so, know big one exactly so uh it's gonna be uh, a bookish breakdown coming soon and back to our regularly scheduled programming or we don't know i could read kiyoshi in the next and then we could, uh, also, days, do and then we could also do a breakdown for that. that but anyway i think it's about time we move on to everything that we've been hinting at that is correct and go into our featured fandom for the week Featured fandom. Featured fandom. Featured fandom. Alright, featured fandom where we talk about the thing that we're obsessing over uh, and are really sort of like at this particular juncture in time, yes. Uh, so you've got all you've gotten everybody all fired up about yeah um, I might as well go straight angels into... and vampires yeah. and such. So we're gonna talk a little bit about the Guild Hunter series by Nalini Singh. 
It is 12 books in, and the 13th book comes out in November. And this is a series set in, it's still set in modern days, so you kind of get to go a bunch of places all over the world, really, but it's primarily set in New York. In this world, archangels are like the ruling type of being. And so they each have their own, you know, uh, little area of, I guess, power. Like their own little area of dominion. Domin- dominion is a... Area of dominion. Such an and, angelic uh, word. And in this world, obviously, there are archangels who are the supreme leaders, obviously. And then there are the regular angels. And then you have the vampires who are actually made by the angels. And so it's like this whole like hierarchical, hierarchical society. And humans are in this world too, by the way. Like there are just plain regular old humans living in this world. And everyone kind of lives and gets along because there are like rules and boundaries in place. And the series starts off when Archangel Raphael, who is the Archangel of New York, he hires a, a hunter from the guild named Elena Devereaux. And he hires her to track down a very dangerous individual. And... They kind of butt heads because Elena is the kind of person who, like, she doesn't back down even when it's someone who is obviously more powerful than she is. And she's stubborn and she's like, I know what I'm doing because I'm a hunter and you hired me to do a job, so let me do my job. And, like, Raphael likes to push her buttons, you know, that type (laughs) of thing. Uh, They eventually fall in love, which you probably would have guessed from listening to me talk about them as a ship. Uh, And it kind of goes from there. A lot of things happen in the series. I almost don't want to spoil it because just finding everything out with each book is so good. Like Nalini Singh has a very similar gift to Shannon Messenger where, you know how like we we constantly mention how with Keeper, every single book, there's something new you learn about the world or about the characters and it just feels like everything's getting bigger and bigger. That's actually sort of the same vibes that I get from the Guild Hunter series because with every book, something new slots into place in the knowledge that I have of this world and these angels and these vampires and it's so great. Very so good. Cool. Um, I really enjoy the plots. I think it's hard to write such a long-running series. That's 12 books, you know what I mean? But the fact is, every single book has had an interesting plot to me, whether or not it follows the main through line of the series, which is sort of a chronological number of events that lead up to something which hasn't happened yet. Or if it diverts a little and does a little side story take on something else, like on different characters. I have found every single book so fascinating. It's just so interesting. There's an easy sort of organic uh, feeling to the way that the world is so fast and so diverse. The characters are also very diverse. It's, It's so great and I love it. It is a dark and gritty series though and there are a lot of heavy topics. There's a lot of murder and a lot of violence, a lot of brutality. There's a lot of sexual violence too. It's not it's not really on the page, but they definitely investigate a few things where that is the situation. There's all sorts of things. There's kidnapping, there's drug use, there's alcohol abuse. There's like, there's so many things. But I have been really, really devouring these books so quickly because they're so addictive. And because at the at the end of the day, the thing I love best about it, the characters and their relationships with one another, I am a sucker for if you can give me like a good, strong ensemble cast to love. And Nalini Singh, has that for me in spades like every time i think like oh this is this is it this is like the seven people that i real really care about there's always someone new and i'm like great <laughs> great i guess i gotta add to my arsenal here that is and great I, writing yeah but here's the problem now because i care about all these schmucks if something bad happens to them over the course of whatever <laughs> number of books is left i'm gonna be so upset like That's i was really upset fun. reading book 11 because some there are a lot of bad things that happen in that book okay and i was really stressed out because it was happening to people i really loved and i was like why are you doing this to me? Like, why? why? I did not sign up for this kind of pain. But suffice to say, I am really loving this series. I'm so impressed. It's the only series that I've read from Nalini Singh. I know she has a couple of other things, but I, I am very impressed to the point where I know that she has cemented herself as a writer that I am going to enjoy and will definitely be reading more from because I love this world and these characters and their story so much. And also I'm dying because... I just, I need a lot of things to happen, okay? And I, and I need everyone to be safe. I need everyone to get, like, their happy ever after ending. Like, I, I just need it. So good. So great. Highly recommend checking it out if you are into sort of the urban fantasy paranormal romance in the adult. Heavy on the paranormal romance. And heavy on the romance, uh, yes. But I think... Not to say that that uh, at all affects the plot, 
because I think the plots themselves they stand out pretty well even with the snippets of romance again although I I kind of want to give a shout out from at least the conversation that we've had about this is the one where you've got angel like dust as like oh yeah pheromones I mean it's it's so like I've it's so I mean it's that and like uh, vampires have the ability to make their sense appealing it's it's such a it's it's so unique to me personally how somebody can take uh you know lore elements and really weave them just right so that it really impacts the romance mm-hmm. and the attraction factor and i think that's super creative like it's not obviously in the stuff that i kind of like read but um i, I think it's fascinating and so uh good. and super fun all righty uh anything else you want to no I'm, I'm good all righty my turn uh so this is this is magic the gathering that's that's my featured fandom for for this thing i uh boy where to even begin all i know is that um the one the one thing that sort of fascinated me with magic the gathering was that there was an underlying story underneath all of this stuff it wasn't just like random sort of events that you know have cards that you can use to play against other players and many times it is right you've got like random like artifacts it's like you're taking uh, you're cherry picking from uh, an entire re- set of realities and making them into cards and using them to sort of like fight each other uh, and to me personally what what I loved the most was just that there would that there is a multiverse and there are you know people with immense power that can travel from plane to plane and uh, sometimes do battle against each other because some of them are on the good side and some of them just want to destroy everything and 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 you get to play a planeswalker and that's sort of like where Magic Gathering started. Now that sort of um, things have like shifted and changed, they just made really great storylines uh, all the way through. So you have, and I may have mentioned this in the past, but uh, there's the Weatherlight storyline mm. where you've got Gerard Capuchin who is supposed to be heir to this legacy of a collection of artifacts that once put together could stave off an, uh, an invasion from from, a, from an evil sort of like Phyrexia, they're, they're called Phyrexia, an evil plane of existence that... Uh, uh, wants to invade and like you know um, <laughs> I want to say Borgify or roboticize or whatever it is Phyrexianize everybody because it's like some weird you know a magical techno organic um, sort of like society or whatever the heck so not cool not fun and uh, so that was a great sort of storyline um, and then you've got uh, Ravnica which I'm sort of into right now where you've got a city of guilds and how in the ancient times in order to stabilize power and consolidate some kind of harmonious uh, uh, living within this plane, ten guild masters came together and 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 uh, formed the guild pact or some such uh, that allows the Ravnicans uh, to so, sort of exist and coexist mm-hmm. peacefully. And what I love most about Ravnica and why I probably I'm never leaving and why and no other um, expansion. Uh, or storyline in the Magic: The <laughs> Gathering world has captured me so, is because of the co- color combinations. Uh, this is the first sort of uh, expansion that really capitalized on what if we combine two colors and make it like a real thing. Uh, and and so, um, f- you know, think of so there are about ten guilds, right, for each color combination. Yeah. Uh, we talked a little bit about the Orzov, which is black and black and white magic. We've got um, you know the Boros Legion, which are like the police. Um, I, I could go on and on and I really want to but I feel like I, I just end up repeating myself and that there's so many other books out there that'll really like I would recommend um, uh, picking up any of the Ravnica books actually just to um, for, if you're a Magic the Gathering fan and if you're not a Magic the Gathering fan look at the pretty pictures like just literally look like Google like Ravnica guilds and each guild has its own like symbol Mm. that sort of is almost sort of like an amalgam of you know uh, like it's raison d'etre or whatever it is that you want to call it like what do they do um and uh and yeah um i am full tilt with magic the gathering uh we play how often do we play as often as we can i guess um and it's alexa myself um Alexa's sister her boyfriend uh, uh whenever everybody's home mm-hmm. and then uh <laughs> and then we have alexa's other best friends from from like high school that we sort of end up playing with and it's just this wonderful game uh of chaos every single time it's called chaos at least Mm. traditionally that's what they called it i don't know if that's what it's called now but um but yeah no it's it's just uh to end this long sort of almost pointless rant almost um yep um 
the variety, the playability. Uh, just the other night, we, uh, you know, uh, the, 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 you can't predict what's going to happen because there's so many cards and combinations, and somebody trumps the other guy, and, Chaos and is great. It, it's just like, like, like the last game. I'll end it with this. Like every game is its own story, and I'll end it with this. So there were the four of us playing off against each other, and this one, uh, and 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 our, um, Alexis, uh, our sister's boyfriend, he had suddenly the ability to put all of his creatures on the board like imagine a giant army very orcs against uh um, helm's deep kind of they're invading and it's ready and none of us had anything he would have won that particular game and the first thing he does before his turn ends is he kills me and i'm one of the few people who has the ability to do direct damage he's down to like what four life six life i want to say moves over to alexa she manages to bring his life down, and then everybody's jittery. It goes over to, to, to her sister, and then she's got the one thing that can kill her. And it's just the most ridiculous... It was the most ridiculous plot twist. Plot twist that she actually had a car this entire time that, you know, finally could so win the game. So good that she was holding it. Down. And you would think that they would have ended there. And they're like, all right, now it's between you two. And they're both like, that's it. We're, it's, it's a draw. We don't care. Like, <laughs> it was such a dramatic... Here's a surprise alliance. Surprise alliance, yeah. So, um, so yeah, that, that that you get to create your own stories and that the cards sort of do it for you. And it's also a strategy game. Uh, yeah, uh, Magic is Alive. I have recently completed my uh, 10 Ravnican Guild decks, complete with boxes and sleeves, because I am an extra, extra person. Mm. Uh, and I'm very happy about it. Now, are they super competitive and are they going to win in like the uh, the outside world? Probably not. I don't know. I, but but they're fun to play uh, with the people that we love. So that's really what matters. Yep. And, uh, I think so too. Yeah. So uh, game night has never been this fun. It's never been more magical. It has <laughs> never been more magical. Especially when we gather. Yeah, I had to put that in there. All right. Um, I'll show myself out. We'll show ourselves out. So it's been a great episode. Thanks a lot, you guys, for listening. Uh, on that note, uh, we would like to, you know, if everybody's, you know, we'd like to wish everybody, like, you know, um, to, to safety and health, especially during this sort of, like, difficult time if everybody's still sheltering in place. You know, the virus is still out there. So um, everybody's, hope everybody's taking care of themselves and, and staying careful. Uh, and, and don't uh, forget to register to vote if you're in the U.S. That is the true. election is coming up soon and your deadline to be able to do so is also coming up that depending is right. on what state you're in. Every vote counts, guys. Every vote counts. On that note, um, we, we hope, hope you, you enjoyed, enjoyed the, the buzz. buzz. Hey, thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another episode of Fandom Buzz. You can also find us talking about our recent reads and our book hauls on youtube.com slash alexalovesbooks and find all of Alexa's book reviews on alexalovesbooks.com. Thank you.